Welcome to Creators Abroad. Yes, you heard correctly, our name has changed. Now, for those of you who don't know, firstly, I'm Katerina. My name has not changed, that's still the same. This podcast, however, yes, it used to be called Regeneration Studio, and some of you might know it under that name. For various reasons, that was not such a great name. I mean, I always knew exactly what I wanted to say by it, but other people were pretty confused. But I will explain all of that in a proper trailer-like episode coming soon, which will give you an idea of what to expect of future episodes and projects too, which is very exciting, of course, and I hope that you will be with me on the next stretch of my journey. For now, though, I am releasing the last couple of episodes I recorded as Regeneration Studio, which just dives into overcoming fear, living outside of the box and transforming our communities. So let me ask you this, do you feel stuck in life? Unable to fully live out your creativity? Scared of and limited to the expectations of others? By sharing other creators' journeys, I hope to help you reflect, reevaluate, and step-by-step make the changes necessary to find your purpose. To do that, I've got another awesome guest with me today, Rachel Marshall. Originally from the Northeast, she's a photographer now based in London. She's also a pole dancer, and she decided to marry those two passions together to create pole photography. She's got her own business doing exactly that, taking photos of pole dancers. Pole dancing is everything from a knackering workout, a performance, friendship with others and ourselves, and a learning journey, especially when it comes to accepting our bodies, its weaknesses, its sexuality, and its capabilities. Rachel combines all of that to capture the power of believing in ourselves. Now we'll be discussing everything from how she started photography, what makes pole photography different, pole dancing in general, and the struggle of accepting our sexuality. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who might enjoy it too. And as always, if you dig the vibe, please subscribe. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for having me. To give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there is a film soon to be released called Rachel Marshall. Can you briefly introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer? Hi, I'm Rachel, your average 20-something-year-old woman from a small working-class town in the northeast of England, just trying to navigate through life. Moved to the big smoke to pursue my career in photography, got a bit lost, couldn't quite put my stamp on anything, until I found Paul and my life changed as I knew it. And then I said, coming soon to a studio near you, hopefully, (laughs) if coronavirus allows. (laughs) True. Scene one, the pole photographer. So you're a photographer and visual artist, specializing in capturing the strength, artistry and sensuality of pole dance. Now I've had a look at, well, I've been in touch with a couple of other photographers and none of them really specialize as such in one particular thing. You're based in London where you run your photography business under your own name and as you pointed out you grew up in the northeast. So at what point did you decide to become a photographer? So I actually decided to become a photographer very young. Um, I think I had like Tumblr, I don't know if you remember Tumblr, when I was like 13 or 14 (laughs) and I remember seeing all these like amazing pictures of they were probably selfies of people and I was like they were really creative I was like how are they doing that like that's so cool yeah and kind of landscapes with these weird quotes on them 
And I think I must have got into a conversation with my dad about it. And I was like, I really like this like photography thing. Mm. And he was like, cool. Like, and he actually bought me my first camera, which because he's very supportive. He likes to like push me in yeah. the good directions. Yeah, it kind of just started there. And ever since then, I'm, that's kind of where my mind's been focused. Um, and I was very lucky to have like some really encouraging teachers like through school mm. um, who said I had an eye for it, which was even better. And yeah, just that that's where it started. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think it's one of those things that it looks a, like a lot of fun and yeah. it looks relatively easy. It's not like taking yeah. photographs, but there's a lot to it. Now, to give us a little bit more insight into the person that you are, what else are you passionate about? I love travel. And I think when I first started photography, I was like, mm. I, I want to do landscapes. That's kind of what I... Really? Only, that's all I really oh, knew. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I would kind of go places like high force and, and around and just take photographs. Yes. And well, but when you're 13 and 14, you can't travel too far. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. So my, like, again, my dad would take me to these places and sort of teach me the basics of photography um but yeah I think photography was very much my main hobby for a long time mm-hmm. um I did do dance as a child but it wasn't anything serious it was kind yeah. of a bit of fun we'd go once a week and it was just ballet jazz and tap and <laughs> nothing okay. else so did you keep any of that up or was that just kind of like uh, no, by I the wayside yeah I stopped doing uh, dance when I was about 16 when I went to college mm-hmm. um and then I I didn't think I'd ever do dance again to be honest so. yes and what did you go on to study did you I studied photography okay, yes right. now of course probably a lot's happened in between and you can enlighten us on what that was but what eventually prompted you to move to London so I did my degree in photography at Newcastle yeah. I did two years there it was like a foundation degree and then I decided to do my third year in London and I think I just wanted to do my third year because I wanted to move there and it's because at that time I thought that fashion photography was the way I wanted to go. Um, so you went from landscapes yeah. to fashion? Okay. Yeah basically <laughs> but a lot because of like the influences I had mm-hmm. in around Newcastle that's just where I thought my path was leading I thought it was the most creative form of mm-hmm. photography and then yeah, I thought like London, that's the, kind of like the capital of fashion in the in yes. the UK, you know, it's the place yeah, to be. And I got there and I was like, it's a little bit overwhelming. Um, and then I had all these different influences. And that's when my photography path changed again to kind of more documentary style. So really, I've kind of <laughs> explored okay. a little bit of everything. Well, maybe for, say, somebody who's have no idea any, about photography, yeah. what are the different kind of routes that you can go in? You can do all sorts. You can yeah. sort of do documentary, uh, landscapes, like I said, po- portraiture, mm-hmm. uh, weddings, family portraits, things like that. Yeah, it just there's, there's so many different types. Okay. And then with documentary, is what do you mean by that? So my final project at uni was um, actually based around like nudism <laughs> yeah. and sort of the women's body, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was basically just interviewing people who were really comfortable with their bodies. Like Mm -hmm. some of them were like life models and things Mm -hmm. like that. And sort of photographing them and trying not like showing them as not sexual objects. Mm -hmm. They they were women um, and sort of more just that it's just a nude body. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of what I liked to explore with my documentary photography. But then I suppose you can sort of take it up the route of like documentary street photography Mm -hmm. and like 
it's kind of about getting okay. to know people i would say yes. documentary is would you say it's more like capturing life as it is yeah as it is yes um, and sort of it's very as is I don't know. <laughs> yes no i i kind of understand what you're getting at now when you moved to london did you does it did it ever occur to you to like come back to that it wasn't going to work out yeah i did have that thought probably for the first three years mm-hmm. i really struggled to find like I, I i wasn't doing photography to be honest i mm-hmm. worked at madame tussauds as a photographer but it wasn't yeah it was just kind of taking pictures of people with the wax figures yes <laughs> and I really struggled to kind of find my own niche so yeah. there was points when I thought like maybe maybe I can't do this maybe I'm not cut out for this sort of thing yeah but yeah I just ended up staying because I really just thought London is where I needed to be at the time yeah. and I'm quite mm-hmm. like stubborn with that sort of thing so yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling and then would you say like what were the biggest challenge you encountered as a photographer in London like an ordinary photographer and do you think that it matters where you are based I don't think it matters now with what I do now for challenges uh, in London I don't think I've really had any really big challenges I Mm -hmm. think it's more just sort of of persisting Mm -hmm. and finding what I wanted to do that that was kind of difficult and not sort of just sitting and settling into like another job when I knew that photography was my passion okay because I mean I don't know all the ins and outs about setting up a a photography business but I can imagine that it's one of those fields like it wouldn't be easy to really have a lucrative business as such I don't know if it's oversaturated Mm. it could be yeah I sometimes get that feeling or I just sometimes get the feeling that I don't know yeah, you you can you can explain a bit there's, both. There's so yeah. much photog. There's so many photographers. Oh, there's right. so much yeah. photography, especially <laughs> yeah. in London. Um, and I think, I, f- I think I found that you kind of do need a niche. I think I've yeah. explored so many different styles, and there was a point when I was sort of doing anything just to, just to get work. Okay, but I did find that difficult and quite like mentally challenging because you kind of your head's all over the place. So I think if you are looking to do photography you need a niche I think you really need one um okay yeah yeah so most photographers actually find that their revenue comes from weddings or family occasions or portraits and I've heard the story so many times like that's where they started but they actually wanted to do more creative work you photograph pole dancers so you finally found your niche in a way I think which stems from your own love of pole so let's take it back to that. When and why did you start pole dancing? So I started pole in the summer of 2017, still in London. I didn't have a lot of friends. I had a couple, like people I lived with and stuff mm-hmm. who were amazing. But I, I wanted to kind of build my own friends. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted, I think I saw a video actually of someone on Instagram kind of just floating around the pole. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, yeah. how do they do that? And I found mm-hmm. a studio. I was really scared, actually. I remember being like really intimidated by the girls there. Yeah. And then I got in and I just kind of like fell in love, to be honest. And I made a lot of friends. And yeah, it was, I, I didn't believe, I couldn't believe that, that that was a world that I just didn't know about. And yeah. the community and the support yeah. was just amazing. So I just stuck it just stuck with me and then yeah someone suggested uh, a teacher actually suggested to me why don't you kind of try some pole photography mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I asked a couple of girls who I was friends with this was probably about a year after I started um they just wanted to do a studio hire and sort of yeah 
experiment. I didn't really know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the pictures turned out awesome. And I was like really excited <laughs> about it. I just felt like a buzz. Yeah. And the girls loved their photos and they shared them. And I was, yeah, that was kind of the start of <laughs> the merging. <laughs> yes. And I think as a photographer myself, I'm obviously not a professional photographer, yeah. but I really, really admire your work, what you Thank do, you. because it's it's just completely different. But that's Paul. That's what that yeah. to bringing Paul and photography together. That's what it, the result is, because yeah. Paul itself is like you said, it's this you cannot actually believe it's it has existed so long. It does exist. And it really just pushes your imagination yeah, beyond definitely. what you can do physically what it looks like how you can stage it and all of the other different things that you can bring in now given that there's so much potential and I don't want to really compare it to other dance forms or art forms but it just has its own feeling yeah would you yeah would you describe this as a particular niche a growing niche in photography and videography I mean yeah I think Paul's always been well it's not always been around it's fairly new like the poll that we yeah. know um I think it is a like a very niche sort of subject in photography there's mm-hmm. very limited photographers that actually do it and um why would you say that is I think it's just not well known about really like that I had no idea that poll photography was a thing I don't know why I just didn't have I just thought you were the first person no. who did it <laughs> No, actually, like she created the, um, I found, so have you, have, there's a guy called The Image Seller. He's amazing. I think he... Oh, yes. He does uh, Body and Pulse Studios. Yeah. Oh, he's done, yeah, he's yes, done them he's before. he's done some photographs for them. He's yeah. really, um, he's kind of the first person I saw. And then someone called Millie Robson, who does mm-hmm. a little bit more create, creative stuff. But, like, they're amazing. They have yeah. such a, like, a signature style with their photography. Okay. And I thought, like, that they look amazing, but I think I can bring my own Mm -hmm. sort of take on this um yeah and is it very different obviously photography and videography yes yeah yeah what is your signature style before we carry on to a photography yeah oh i i don't know i liked i really liked every like every single one of my shoots to be different and i really Mm. i always speak to the client about what they are looking to kind of get from the shoot and um I, I just like everything to be different so I'll have like certain styles but then I'll speak to the people I'm photographing and I want to like I want their personality to come out whether that's yeah. with the colors the mm-hmm. outfits whatever um I think I'm still finding my exact style yeah but I just like to kind of represent whoever I'm photographing the best way possible yeah. <laughs> Well, it definitely shows in in your portfolio and I mean, it's mesmerizing. It's just like scrolling through it. (laughs) Scene two, removing stigma through beauty. A little bit more on pole dancing itself. So it's obviously it became a sport officially and it's expected to be part of the Olympics soon. We, We can't really say with everything going on. Having gained popularity as a highly beneficial and aesthetic form of fitness, it still elicits, however, varied responses given its origins in strip clubs and also continue, well, use in the sex worker industry. And it's going to continue that kind of 
history is going to continue continues alongside the sporting history of it. In fact, there's a continued tension between the idea of pull as the domain of strippers and the fitness version of it. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of pole dance? My definition of pole dance is that it's a form of self-expression, it's art, it can be sensual, it can be strengthy, it can be anything you kind of want it to be. I think that separating it can from like the strip like the stripper side mm-hmm. to the sporty side can be damaging really because I think as pole dancers or pole instructors or whatever we do on the pole we really need to like honor the people that created the sport which is strippers and like people in the clubs at the end of the day Um, and I think if we separate it or you know give it different terms or whatever I think uh, it can just I don't know it causes a bit of a riff and I think that we really need to honor these people that created this and give them a voice and teach other people about where where Paul came from and you know why we do it because I think the whole idea is yes okay it's now recognized as a sport because of its benefits but it's got that history and it'd be wrong to just deny it yeah because those are still people earning a living and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it i mean there are going to be different opinions about it but if they're fine with it and that's their like their living for example what they do to to get by we should rather talk about it and talk about that industry openly um i think i don't know if it's still going around but i remember there was a hashtag a while ago like hashtag not a stripper oh yes i've heard of that and it was like people i think a few people still do it and i just think like the fact that you need to point that out is really like insulting and damaging to it is because it's these okay, are fair, people. I mean, fair enough. Like you are, if you're not a stripper, you're not, you're not a stripper. But you yeah. need to respect the people that because they're still created. <laughs> the, yeah, that they created the art that you love. Yeah, exactly. And you are like diminishing them in it. You're trying to diminish them in a way, and I think it's it's really, it's really sad. But yeah, because it's not recognizing yeah, what they've contributed yeah. and the fact that they. They've got just as much yeah. uh, skill, skill, knowledge, yeah. everything. They've yeah. got maybe even more. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, a lot sure. of the, the pole instructors and are ex-strippers. Yeah, exactly. Now earning a living as a pole instructor. So I just don't understand why exactly. why there should be this tension. And for, yeah. because of that, I'm actually of the opinion we shouldn't just have all these different names. names yeah. Pole fitness, pole dance. I don't know. There are so many pole sport. And at the end of the day, you like what should you be calling yeah, it because exactly. if you say pole dance people might misinterpret it yeah. if you say pole fitness it sounds too clinical yeah definitely it takes away something of yeah, it so, exactly exactly i don't know if you've got a thought on i just think yeah i think if you if you want to do if you want to do pole for the strength moves the, the whatever mm-hmm. it is that's absolutely fine that's yeah. your style you yeah. know but I would say, like, explore other styles as well. Like, even yeah. if you're a bit uncomfortable with it. I think the first time I did, like, any heels class, yeah. I was petrified <laughs> and yes. so intimidated of the girls. But you know what? They were, they were just people and it was... Yeah. They were amazing. They were really encouraging. And, and yeah, you learn so much about yourself exactly, as well. You know, you gain so yeah. much confidence. But I think if like pole sport is the way you want to go or whatever then you still need to honor the people that created the spot you need to respect the the strippers and the sex workers Mm -hmm. and whoever created it but yeah yeah i I agree now more on a personal level how has pole changed you as a person and impacted your personal and professional life 
Paul's changed my life totally. <laughs> like it's changed my career path, just the way I think. It's really opened my mind to a lot of things because I've met so many people that have taught me. So like I've met a lot of strippers or mm. people that can sort of teach me about that sort of life. And I think there was once a time when I would probably, when I started Paul, I was probably like, you know, I would never do a heels class or I would never, do, I, I wouldn't yeah. do that. And it's really opened my eyes to, you know, I can be confident and sexy mm-hmm. and strong and and enjoy that yeah. and, and it's fine and I think that's awesome and it's just being surrounded by all of these people that that think the same mm-hmm. and I just think it really changes your mindset um, and help and it can help you kind of grow as a person. So. Yes I mean to actually go into like the different how it changes us as people because it's such an ongoing journey and we mm-hmm. constantly have to push ourselves like there's no mm-hmm. end to your improvement your self-growth within yeah. Paul just because it's it's such a broad there are so many aspects to it Definitely. I think it's just this continual change and self-acceptance mm-hmm. acceptance of others acceptance of some of the harder questions that you're battle, battling with because it, it has to do with your body yeah. you can't get away from that you to actually be able to do it as yeah. you know have to take off most of your clothes exactly yeah so it's it really is fascinating. Yeah. Now, in terms of photography, there are different vibes that you create. So I've had a scroll through your <laughs> portfolio and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, so you've got some of it, for example, is, I suppose, studio photography. Yeah. And then some of it's like, what do you call it when it's like outside? Location. Location yeah. shoots. Now, as a dance form with the strength and flexibility required, We've touched on its incredible aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It has countless shapes, combos, not to mention the incredible range well, of pole wear and shoes. <laughs> we can't actually describe that on a podcast. But yeah, just Google it's it. <laughs> it's sexy, it's sporty, it's yeah. elegant, it's impressive. It can be anything you want. Mm-hmm. Now, how have you managed to build up your business as a pole photographer? Um, well, I so I did that first shoot and then I still didn't think that pole photography would be like my career. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be sort of a side thing. Um, I didn't really realise how much business you could get. But then, I don't know, people from different studios around London were messaging me saying, oh, that's so mm. cool. Like, I want to mm-hmm. I want to do something like that. Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's let's do it, you know. Mm. And a lot of my works just came from people sharing things on Instagram. And I think people know as well that I'm, I'm quite open to try different things. Like, if oh, you right. look at my portfolio compared to maybe other pole photographers yeah. they're all very all of my shots are very different mm-hmm. or, or I like to think so but no no um, that's what I saw that's yeah. why I said and like, I think people will come to me with like a crazy idea or something yeah. or like just something they don't even know is possible and I'm like yeah let's let's do it let's make it happen mm-hmm. so I think like that's kind of what stands out about my work but yeah I think just Instagram has helped my like workflow grow massively Mm -hmm. and just people sharing word of mouth and yeah that's sort of really helped it yes and you so you I think you mentioned that you do you have your own studio based in London or not uh no I don't have my own studio yet I just okay I I travel to different studios and you travel to your clients yes and then what kind of clients normally approach you do you have just like ordinary 
pole dancers doing like just a pole fitness type stuff or competitors or like who it's kind of everyone uh, all over right. <laughs> which is really cool so there's yes. not really one type you can be I think I've shot with like people that have done pole for like four weeks <laughs> and then people okay. people that have done pole for 10 years yes. and different styles um some people want them for like competition promotion when we could do competitions yeah <laughs> and some people wanted them for um just for themselves because they want to look like badass on a, yeah, <laughs> on a shoot you know so yeah what do you think is the yeah, you touched on it just now like the main reason for people wanting photographs of themselves yeah, to look like pop. a badass <laughs> <laughs> no i think well yeah i think um yeah just I think you've worked so hard like learning these amazing moves or just like lifting yourself off the ground is just amazing yeah. and you kind of want to just show that off I don't like being in front of the camera very much to be honest okay, yeah. but and I never really understood like modeling and stuff I think mm. it's amazing but mm -hmm. until I did Paul and I was like oh my god like I can do this I want to show people yeah. so I think people want to do photo shoots to kind of show show what they can do and yeah I, I want I want people to like leave my shoots thinking like yes I feel really good about yeah. that and I'm excited well, to I see the imagine, shots. Yeah. especially with what you you achieve in the photographs yeah and it's a strange thing like for me as well I don't normally I've never really been in front of the camera I've just always used the camera to capture what I see yeah and then like recently I think some people might actually know I'm doing this <laughs> February handstand challenge um, by Beth Hamilton and Bella Paul Sports. And I actually yes. had to start taking yeah. photos of myself doing some of the. And then I'm like, wow, I can do that. Yeah. I didn't actually know it. I know. <laughs> I know I'm doing it, but it's like it's this kind of like a confirmation. Yeah, definitely. You, you did it. <laughs> exactly. Secondly, what do you aim to emphasize most in your work? And how does your work help destigmatize pole dance in general? Um, so or pole I, dancers? Yeah, I like to emphasize, like what I said before, sort of the beauty and strength of each individual person. Mm -hmm. I think that some maybe some of my photographs can be a little bit shocking to people who sort of see them who aren't from the pole world, maybe at first. Um, and have I want... you ever had a, like somebody comment on it or no. maybe someone outside that you've met yeah. I mean I don't know what people th no one's really commented on my work and mm -hmm. sort of said negative things which mm -hmm. is cool I get a lot of positive comments from people outside of the pole community yeah which I love um because they can sort of see see it for its beauty um mm -hmm. and I don't know I think I want to show people like the strength, the sensuality of Paul through my images. And I want people to just see, see like how amazing these people are and not kind of think, oh, well, why aren't they wearing clothes or something? I mean, yeah. you, you literally need to be semi-naked to do Paul <laughs> because you need to grip. But yeah. it's it's more than that. I think people just see a pole, like a, like this vertical bar and they're like, oh, you know, that's that's a bit taboo, but it's really not. It's quite, mm -hmm. it's quite an amazing form of art so yes that's true yeah. and I think that is basically I know I, I heard this in there's a documentary on Netflix strip down oh yeah rise up yeah now that that's a bit of a, a strange <laughs> uh, yeah strange documentary in itself it um a whole topic for a different day but <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing that the the one instructor said which kind of like just stuck with me mm -hmm. was that the pole is like a frame yeah 
for your body. So yeah, that is true. But what I'd like to think of, and this comes more from my background as a martial artist or riding a bicycle, <laughs> is yeah. that it becomes part of you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it is it's part of you, mm-hmm. and that's how it should be. And it, that's then a form of art because it's what you transform out of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And just on that point of destigmatizing pole dancers, mm-hmm. photography in general, do you think it's how it's done that helps with that? Um, or do you think it's just putting your work out there, having the courage to just say, this is what I do, Yeah, take it or leave it? I don't know. I think I, if, I, like, if I went to a, a club or something and photographed strippers, I think it's just as beautiful as kind of what I do now like mm. in the studio with the lights and stuff but I do really want to show people like I don't know when I take the photos I'm like look at these amazing moves like yeah. doesn't matter what they are who they are or anything yeah. they're just uh, yeah I think I don't know it's a difficult one because I just think I don't really think about what like how I'm taking the photograph I just mm-hmm. sort of think yeah that's that's them <laughs> Yeah, but I think you just made a very important point mm-hmm. just now by saying that it doesn't matter where you yeah, take the it photograph. It could be strippers, it could be anybody, yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. The beauty is still there. Exactly. And that's what people should realise exactly. and should acknowledge. Definitely. Yeah. Scene three. Sexual denial. Now, in terms of free sexual expression, Instagram, which is like the major platform for pole dancers, for pole photographers and so forth, and also for sex workers to garner a fan base and for influencers to promote brands through digital content of central nature. So it is kind of like the the platform that's been used by a whole range of people who sometimes have to express an element of sexuality. And it's played a massive role as such in kind of giving pole as a form of sport and art form visibility mm-hmm. and Definitely. perhaps uh, encouraged acceptance of it. Do you see your work as potentially offensive to people? And have you ever been afraid, more specifically, have you ever been afraid of posting images that you've taken? And if so, why? So that kind of flinch moment where you're like, yeah. should I post this? <laughs> yeah. Um, when I posted my first ever shots of the like the first photo shoot I did it took mm-hmm. me a couple of months to post them I don't know why I think because my it was so far away from anything I'd ever sort of posted before was this on your it do was, you have a dedicated account for your photography yeah so it was on my dedicated photography account mm-hmm. but it yeah that account was very I had like a lot of documentary stuff like just things out in the world at the time and mm-hmm. um yeah I posted it and I was so nervous I literally remember the moment I did it I was thinking like like I don't know why I was thinking like what will my family think what my friends think they knew I was doing Paul but yeah I'd I'd never actually put anything out there like that and I was like yeah I don't know I got really good response from it though and that really changed my mind I was like you know what I'm good this is good yeah I need to be more proud of this and I think if anyone's offended by my work just just like don't look (laughs) don't look at it but I don't know why people would be offended I don't know what is so offensive about the work I do I think it's really cool and and I think what helps in your case is obviously you've got that uh, photographer angle and you've got the kind of editing skills to bring out some artistry out of it and then but you do also just get the pole dancers or whatever Mm. 
lay people I don't know if that's the right term lay people taking photographs of themselves and then putting it on Instagram so what do you do you think that could be offensive if we just like maybe take the focus away from your work and to just generally the content that that Um, sometimes appears are you talking about like in in poll in terms of poll yeah in poll no I don't think it's offensive I think it Instagram's a place you can just not look but I don't know why people are offended by what makes people happy (laughs) Yes. You know? So, I mean, obviously the reason for the question is simply to, because of the the recent tightening of rules yeah. governing implicit and explicit sexual mm-hmm. content on Instagram. And I actually like read quite a few articles yeah. on this, trying to figure it out. But accounts that break these guidelines, I don't know the ins and outs of yeah. all the guidelines, can be blocked and removed. And it, they have been. How do you think this affects you and the broader poll community? Yeah, so, like, as you say, I think from December or something, Instagram changed their terms to yes. uh, monetize, not monetize, sorry, ban um, people that post, like, nudity or, like, sort of... Yes. It says, it says on their terms something about sexual like, encounters. Um, it's very vague. Like, yeah. I read it. Like, even emojis evoking... Yeah, things, like, or words like, or... Yeah, wo- yeah. You know, it's, it's strange. It's, it's very strange, and... That's really affecting a lot of uh, like strippers again, sex workers, mm-hmm. pole dancers now. And then even people that sort of work in the arts of like nudity. Like, yes. So, yeah, it hasn't directly affected me as of yet. I haven't been banned or shadow banned as mm-hmm. far as I'm aware. But yeah, I know a lot of people, especially strippers that have, they've lost their accounts or they've lost their uh, yes. posts or something. And these are people that, especially during the pandemic, they... Mm-hmm. They rely on this as income. This is their like only source of income. Yes, um, because of the yeah. brands that they promote, like yeah, um, in terms of like influencers and yeah, so on. Yeah, exactly. Well, they might not just be like influencers, but they do get like the way it works is so normally they've got a brand that they yeah. promote, and then if someone clicks exactly, or something, yeah. they get a commission. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you mm. know Carolina from Blogger and Paul. I don't know if you. She has a oh, petition. Yes, I think I read. Um, I read something. On yeah, the she's done a lot of like. She's an amazing like pole dancer. She's a Isn't like an she activist. Is she an instructor as well? Yeah, she's oh, an instructor okay, right. as well. Yeah. Um, and she's like a big activist, and she mm-hmm. has done a lot of work on that sort of thing. Um, okay, but she's like made a petition um, where you can sort of sign and and you could read a lot about it because it's yeah. it's really deep. Like I think even Instagram have sort of put nudity and that sort of thing in the same category as kind of like uh, violence and. As if it's like <laughs> like gun laws and things like that, yes. so you can't talk about those things, and they've they've kind of linked it together, and it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. There's a lot yeah. of contradictions, I think, with Instagram and these terms. So yes, and that's probably where the yeah. the grey area or the, exactly, the problem definitely. comes in. Now, of course, whereas like maybe pole dance as a sport is not necessarily part of the I don't know like sex industry or whatever you want to call it yeah it's still because you st- it still comes from there and yeah. there's still elements that's still present yeah definitely. if you like so i mean anything to do with sexuality is going to affect the broader pole community yeah, do you think pole dancers should or people who admire or do pole mm-hmm. should have a stronger standpoint for what they do yeah i think uh they should like stand up for yeah again the strippers strip <laughs> because these are people that yeah why they, don't they, they i think to it's you? just i think it's like a lot of people are 
they don't want to be associated with that sort of thing but then they still See, want, to, the want to do why. it definitely because it's not there's, like you're not that but yeah it's, yeah <laughs> it doesn't make sense it's it's yeah i'm the same as you i don't understand but yeah. i mean they're probably going to be people who listen to this and obviously think yeah. what are they talking about these like yeah yeah you meet people who are going to strongly disagree because it's one of those topics that some sure. people are just going to be very very like narrow-minded on what should be normalized yeah. what should be spoken just, about openly and what shouldn't I, yeah i think like what what is so what do you find so offensive about the poll like the poll yeah. like it's it's a poll <laughs> and then also the human body yeah the human I mean, body there's no so point in really denying our sexuality no and you can't do trying that. to just beat a bush around yeah. what we are exactly yeah now on the point of what should and shouldn't be allowed do you think there are areas that are definitely off limits on social media yeah i think there are and i think people that are on like social media need to be protected especially like younger people yeah. however i think there is an age limit there is there is an age limit but i think also like like nudity is is it's a not like what you just said it's mm. normal it's like ev- everyone has a naked body we were everyone yeah. was born naked you know exactly. um and i think like there's conversations to be had and sort of even if you are younger like if the more you see this this like the naked body i'm mm. not saying they should be looking at loads of naked bodies I just mean the more you see it the more yeah. normal it is and the less exactly. sort of taboo it, it is mm-hmm. so I think like yeah I think we, we shouldn't sort of censor that side of it I think Instagram needs to do more work kind of protecting <laughs> children and things okay. like I've seen yeah. some yo- yoga accounts of like young children who have do like yoga and then the some of the comments on <laughs> on these accounts are by like kind of middle-aged to older men like yeah. just commenting the most inappropriate things and I'm like how are these people like allowed to post these things on this child's and then all you're doing is kind of blocking Mm. people that kind of embrace their sexuality and you know doesn't make sense it's just it's all over the place (laughs) yes it's just about maybe the the line where you draw the line yeah and then more about protecting so people who do earn a living from it people who do promote it in a positive light yeah definitely they should rather be protected Protected. than banned and blocked and making it even worse because then there are different avenues there are always going to be like the people who who harass yeah for sure who say inappropriate things yeah they should target their energy towards getting rid of these people exactly take them or maybe off the platforms i don't know maybe that's too radical (laughs) i don't know but I think the energy should be placed elsewhere. I agree, 100%. So as much as we have come a long way in terms of freedom of expression, that's why we're having this podcast and hopefully (laughs) it's not going to be bad. (laughs) The open discussion of female sexuality is still a rather gray area and every now and then something pops up in the media maybe you've got a tv show maybe you've got something else that's a little that's more open about it like i don't know if you've ever seen the i think it's a bbc series no wait i, I don't know but fleabag i don't know if you've oh yeah I, I haven't actually seen it but i sort of know what it's about and the gist of it but yeah. okay highly recommend it okay. so that's an example of just a, a, a very frank exploration yeah. of female sexuality and however at the same time, there seems to be this continual perception that men are still okay. They're okay to express yeah. their sexual needs in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. In the restaurant, in the shops, wherever you go, on social media. While women 
Hence the comments that you get. Yeah. The harassment. Definitely. While women are seen as sluts if they do. Yeah. Sometimes just doing something like pole dancing for the fun yeah. of it puts you in that same category. It's really incomprehensible. From your experience as a pole dancer, oh, as a pole photographer, sorry, do you believe women are sexually free? Well, I think we live in a society where women are just judged for literally everything they do, like what they wear, like mm. what you said, you can, if you're walking down the street, you smile at someone, if you don't smile at someone, yeah, you know what just, I mean? Yeah. Someone is going to call you a slut or a whore or something, or, no matter what. Or take it as an invitation. Exactly. It's it's always going to happen. Yeah. And I do think that over the years, sort of, w- women have, have, a lot of women have just sort of said, you know what, whatever, whatever I do, I'm going to be judged, I'm going to be yeah. called out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going to do it. And I do think in Paul, there is more people like that. I think people are more comfortable. I'm not speaking for everyone, obviously, but I do think that people on a whole are more comfortable with their sexuality and what they kind of do. They they feel more comfortable showing more skins. Um, and I think a lot of men especially find that intimidating. I think people want to keep women as these like delicate little flowers. <laughs> yeah, and it also, it, I think the other complicated area is if, you like pole dancers who have boyfriends or husbands or yeah um sorry carry on (laughs) um yeah i think we've kind of even as women we we've been taught to like judge each other for what we do and i've been like i'm guilty of it myself like it's just this like internalized misogyny that we kind of manifest so we can't get rid of it and it takes a lot to kind of grow out of it and I really think that pole kind of shows you helps you do it like to do that and to kind of grow and like appreciate women no matter how many people they've slept with what what Mm. they do or anything so yeah on a whole I do think women are more sexually free I guess but there is a lot of room and to grow and I think there's work to be done but yes that's true and I think what I found very unexpectedly because I come from a very like because I did martial arts before and that's a a very muscular area when I started pole dancing obviously it was like wow it's all women (laughs) well obviously well no it's not so there are a lot more men starting to do it and I mean they're really good at it (laughs) as well (laughs) in their own way because they've got the strength and stuff definitely but what I then found was I was a little bit nervous because it was I wasn't used to that kind of very okay, yeah. female strong environment. Okay. But then what really struck me was that there was a lot of acceptance, interacceptance of each other. Now maybe this depends on which studio goes go to, mm-hmm. but I mean you you got people from all walks of life, all shapes and sizes, and it didn't matter. It just what you, yeah. we were all in it together. We were all yeah, exactly. Sometimes going through a lot of pain to yeah. <laughs> to be able to do yeah. some I of think, the tricks and stuff. I so think like on a whole, like you can see from Instagram, just kind yeah. of people you don't know commenting on your f- posts that also do pole, and they're yeah. like, "That's amazing!" You know, it's just like that level of support mm. that I've never seen anywhere else. Yeah, um, and it, it's not always very common in women-only yeah, environments. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So that was quite amazing. Yeah. Now. On the point of liberating women sexually, how does your work help us embrace our sexuality instead of denying it? Well, I just think, like, kind of what I said before again, I want people to feel like a badass 
when they come away from my shoot, the, mm. the shoot, or if they look back at their pictures, they're like, like, damn. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that the women, I mean, people have came to my shoots and been very nervous before, and I'd like to think that I can mm. just sort of say, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You just do you, and yeah. we're going to, you're going to look amazing. We're going to have these beautiful pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, just it helps women to embrace and men but mostly women I know we're talking yeah. to embrace kind of themselves and I really want that to come across in my images and stuff so yes and it's once again I know a lot of people who might say oh that's so narcissistic taking photographs of yourself yeah and like admiring yourself from that point of view but that's missing the point entirely exactly yeah. because that mirror image of something that's you never thought you'd be able to do. You struggle or you went through, like we mentioned, some yeah. pain to get people to do it. Yeah. And then seeing that image and of course your work as a photographer is finding the angle. Yeah, for sure. The editing, that that extra touch to it. Yeah. That's quite incredible because suddenly you go, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm people... gonna do more of this. I'm I'm actually going to show more of it. I'm for gonna sure. be more confident. Yeah. I think um people sort of think if you do poll, you're just naturally confident. <laughs> and you're really not like it's it's it, yeah. you, you kind of learn you learn to be to an extent but even now if I post like a a video or a photograph mm. I've sort of taken I, I do get like a there's there's a little bit of me that's like oh I'm a bit nervous to post yeah. that because it's kind oh, of I'm like nervous all the time <laughs> I'm just like showing yourself <laughs> yeah. you know and I've never like been a person to take selfies or anything no. really like not for about 10 years or something so like yeah it's really I think it's really cool and then you get like people supporting you and they're like mm. oh my god that's amazing I want to do that too and you're like yes <laughs> do yeah. it it's so good but yeah no I really think it helps a lot and well thank you for doing the work that you do and obviously c- carry on with it I mean I might organize a shoot yes myself? No, I'm like all <laughs> fired up definitely <laughs> now to wrap things up given your journey up to this point oh by the way I do have crazy crazy ideas so (laughs) okay to wrap things up given your journey up to this point what are your next steps first of all I think I'm like still in the early stages of my pole Mm. photography career um I think I'm still learning a lot about the industry itself Mm -hmm. so just to carry on learning with that I really want my own studio (laughs) like that's that's I'm that's hopefully gonna happen in the next couple of years that's like my goal like an aerial studio somewhere a photography studio but aerial you know where I can do hoop and even explore things like that okay um, oh you mean like your own yeah for photography oh, studio but but with hoop all ah, right with, yeah. like yeah <laughs> like an aerial studio and a photography studio yeah one. and I yeah. would it would be cool to have it like somewhere people can kind of come and enjoy and feel comfortable and you know get a shoot as well like <laughs> you know yes. just a place for people um that's, that's kind of like my goal and then mm-hmm. yeah just to travel to more studios, meet more people, and just kind of expand my brand, I guess. Like, that's yeah. that's where, what I want to do. Well, it's exciting. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and one last question before we go to the quickfire questions. Yeah. What changes would you like to see in society and in your own life? I think in society, in, on, on a whole, just I want people to be more accepting. And I know that... And, and to, to be honest, I want people to keep learning... I think people are really set in their ways, but I don't know, you have to have an open open mind. There's so many different people mm-hmm. now and 
I just want everyone to feel comfortable. So I think just continuing to learn as a society is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and for myself, probably the same thing. But yeah, I just I have I think learning is really important. And I have a lot of learning to do. So yes, no, that's that's great as well. And I yeah. think just making the point that instead of other people being quick to judge or like yeah. companies like Instagram just banning. They should rather promote educating. Yeah, educate and have a conversation and instead open of just discussion. Yeah, yeah, definitely great stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me today, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you um, and check your portfolio out and all of that? <laughs> so I have Instagram, um, and you can find me on there, and it's at Ray Marsh, so R A Y dot Marsh. And then I have a website too, which is www.rachelmarshall.photography. And you can see some of my past work on there. Um, I also do like location shoots, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm planning more of later in the year. So you can sort of keep an eye on them. Um, Yeah, so that's where you can find me. (laughs) Great. And then before we go, I have a couple of quick fire questions so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better. What is the most recent film or series that you watched, podcast you listened to, or book you read? Okay, I actually don't read a lot of books, which okay, I probably so we, should. We, we scrap that. <laughs> um, podcast I listen to, um, actually a friend of mine who I met through Paul has a, a podcast called Close Friends, and it's literally three friends who just talk about like sort of life. It's it's a really okay. new podcast. It's, it's really funny. Okay. And you kind of get three different perspectives. Yeah. It's called Close Friends. It's really good. Cool. I'll check that out. Film. Or, no, I haven't. I don't even remember what film I last watched. I think it was Aladdin or something like that. But um, TV series. I'm watching Married at First Sight Australia, which I'm really not proud of. Oh, I don't even know what it is. It's so. basically people get married and then they have to live together. And it's a bit of a reality show. But oh, okay. um, And I also just finished watching Schitt's Creek. I don't know if you've seen that. It's no, hilariously it, funny. Okay. I really right. recommend that. Okay. I recommend Schitt's Creek. <laughs> what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Okay, I don't know if people disagree, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> if you don't appreciate strippers, get off the pole. <laughs> Love um, it. And I have a bit of a deeper one too, which is like more about like sort of me. Mm-hmm. Um, like just forgive people. I really don't hold grudges. Like I'm, mm. I sort of say to people like, do you, do you hold grudges? They're like, yeah, I kind of have to hold a grudge. Like I'll go to bed sort of angry and wake up like a nothing ever happened which I understand kind of holding people accountable but I really think like you can hold them accountable but you you can also move on and sort of let go and I think that's something I've recently learned and it's really important so that's kind of one of these things (laughs) what is the biggest challenge you've overcome I think it's probably learning that change is good that's something another thing that I've sort of recently learned it's took me a long time to realize actually like change is a good thing and you mm-hmm. you need change to move forward um and I think that's quite a big thing too yeah yes and then I know we can't be doing this but you did mention travel and that you like traveling <laughs> I do what is your favorite travel destination and why Switzerland I love Switzerland because of oh. the cheese <laughs> and <laughs> the mountains <laughs> It's just a really beautiful place. I've been twice and I like okay. I think about it every day. <laughs> I'll have to go back there. I've been there yeah. once and it was really beautiful. It is. It's unreal. It's like everywhere is like a postcard. And chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> cheese, chocolate. Yeah. And last but not least, 
if there is someone who's thinking of becoming a photographer or studying photography currently, what advice would you give them? And you can make it specific to, say, pole photography mm-hmm. or... Yeah, I think shoot a lot, whatever sort of route of photography you want to take. Um, I think that helps you kind of find where you want to go with it. Just, I don't know, you're going to make mistakes. You've got to kind of embrace them. It's going to happen. I think experiment with different lighting. Like there's no such thing as correct lighting. Just kind of go wild. Oh, wow. Okay, thank you for saying that. Because I'm like always, because I've like been told your lighting's not correct. And I'm like, well, but it depends. I totally agree. Like I think I was told at college, this is how you do lighting and this is yeah. if you want to look it to look like this but I, I sort of found out for myself that you know what it just really matter there are just obviously it has to look a certain way if you yeah. want to do certain things but if you're doing creative photography just experiment keep playing around with things I, I always find if I think of a shoot if I if I want to do a shoot um, it never turns out how I imagine it but it, oh, right. it sometimes turns out better um, huh. which I, I really love and so I just think yeah just keep just keep trying things just make mistakes enjoy it enjoy the process it's all good things (laughs) and then one last question and this is related to photography would you say there are significantly different things to consider when you do pole photography yeah I think stuff like angles is very important with Mm -hmm. pole photography because a move can look rubbish in what well not rubbish but it can look less good (laughs) from one angle than another you know you can make people look more splitty and whatever they want to look so I think getting to know pole as an art form Mm -hmm. is really important to do pole photography in my opinion or you know you you will build that up if you do pole photography anyway yes Um, but I do think knowing the moves is important (laughs) yes on the angles it's like someone recently said well try not to get it. I was like should I actually say this <laughs> try mm. to not get the the bum and the tummy in or something like that it was just like yeah, yeah it was just the, what side would you want to emphasize yeah the person exactly. about that okay thank you once again thank you so much thanks so much for listening to the show Remember, from now on, we are no longer Regeneration Studio. We did change our name to Creators Abroad, and you'll see all the branding changing over the next couple of weeks. I cannot wait to share future episodes and projects with you. If you want to support the show in the meantime, please subscribe and take a second to leave us a rating and review on Apple. It helps more people find this podcast, and I know I say this every single time, but you have no idea how much that means to me you can also come and say hello on insta at creators.abroad i love to hear feedback so please just tell me what you thought of this episode for example or you can also navigate over to our website creatorsabroad.com where you can find all of our links have a look at some projects and get in touch easily keep an eye out for changes and join me next time for more narrative journeys of creators abroad